0: The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 855 821 anytime to get a hold of Lior or Lior at employmenthour.com. Lots, uh, lots to cover today in the show. We'll get to the severance pay calculator. That is an amazing tool. But first, we look back at cases that uh, might be similar to yours or uh, some real-time feel of what's going on in the employment business. In that arena, week that was, is how we always start, right? That, that's how we roll here on the Employment mm-hmm. Hour, John. And thank you very much and happy to be back
1: here. Always, Always a pleasure, kind of highlight of my week to come here and talk about uh, one of very few things that I know anything about, employment law, that and the raptors, but we're not going to talk raptors today. We're going to talk about workplace rights and everything you need to know if you have a job, used to have a job, or are just wondering uh, what your rights are. Just to start us off with the week that was, a couple of situations that I dealt with this week, uh, uh, one of which uh, doesn't have a good ending, one of which does have a good Mm -hmm. ending. So the first one, not such a good ending. I received a call from a lady this week that that worked for a doctor's office for about six and a half, almost seven years. A year ago, uh, the doctor approached her her and her colleagues and asked them all to sign new employment agreements. Uh. And uh, it was a a three-page document and said, I want all of you to sign. And they all signed that employment agreement. Mm -hmm. Fast forward a year Uh, Later, So this past week, she gets terminated. The doctor says, I need to let you go. Things are slow. I don't need you here. I can make do without you. And he pays her severance. He pays her six weeks pay. And why? He says, well, as per the agreement that you signed uh, a year ago, I owe you six weeks pay. That's when she calls me. And I look at that agreement, and in fact, yes, what that agreement did, the way, the one that she signed a year ago, is it limited her entitlements to, in this case, six weeks' pay. And because of that, she is now owed only six weeks' pay. And if okay. she hadn't signed it, John, she probably would have been owed about eight or nine months' pay. Now, she makes $50,000 a year. That is a difference there of, uh, I don't know, thirty, thirty-five thousand $35,000. Huge, huge difference. Now, the other thing I looked at, as soon as I saw that, I said, well, did you get anything in return for signing that employment agreement? Because for an agreement to be enforceable, once you're already working, you have to get something in return. Even if you sign it? Even if you sign it. Wow. So she got $250, John. My cup runneth over. So $250 that she got now cost her $35,000. And this is a common situation. I've talked about this on the radio before. If your employer comes to you During the course of your employment, once you sign an employment agreement, that's always going to be bad news. There's no exceptions to that, John. An employer is never going to ask you to sign an employment agreement that's better for you than what you had previously. It's just not going to happen. And in this case, what it did is it limited her future severance. She didn't know any better. She didn't even read it carefully. She trusted her employer, unfortunately. And because of that, she lost $35,000. So I want us here, all our listeners, to be very concerned, weary, and, and mindful of this. If you're already working, things are going fine, and then all of a sudden your employer hands you a piece of paper, an employment agreement that they want you to sign, read it carefully. Get some legal advice because it's quite likely, quite possible that that agreement is going to contain terms that are very negative to you. And in this case, it was negative to the tune of $35,000. Don't let that happen to you. What else you got? The second situation, uh, a better ending. Uh, I received a call from a lady that uh, had worked for a company for many years, over 20 years, but for the past year and a half she had been on on a disability leave, Uh, hasn't been able to work for some serious medical conditions, Mm -hmm. but again was working to get better and hopeful to get better and get back to work. Her employment was also terminated uh, and and it wasn't anything that the employer was picking on her, simply the employer in this case was letting a few people go and, 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 and let her go as part of that. And the employer said, we're going to pay you eight weeks pay. And she didn't have a problem with that. She contacted me simply to see whether or not the employer also has to pay vacation pay on top of this eight weeks pay. She, was, she said there's some vacation pay that was outstanding from a year and a half ago. And she wanted to make sure she gets that paid. And that's why she called me. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, what I told her is, yeah, let's talk about vacation pay. But before we talk about that, let's talk about how much severance you're actually owed and she'd been there for over 20 years. I assessed her as being entitled to somewhere between 22 and 24 months compensation. Wow. Her employer said they'll pay her eight weeks. She assumed that that was fine. She assumed that because she'd been off for so long, the employer didn't have to pay her anything. Right. And then that eight weeks was really found money. So she was completely in shock when I told her, no, no, the fact that you're on a disability leave doesn't change the fact that you have to get paid your full severance in the situation based on your age, position, and length of employment." which for her was right around 22 to 24 months' pay. So she was calling me about vacation pay, probably the equivalent of about $500. Meanwhile... And we found out that she was probably owed another (laughs) $100,000. So remember, if you lost your job when you're on disability leave or otherwise... Uh, you have to make the call. You have to find out how much you're owed. Uh, many times, like in this situation, it's going to be a lot more than what you realize.
0: And always call before you sign anything, right? Always,
1: always. Had she signed, nothing I could have done for her. Right. And and the only reason she didn't sign is because she wanted to know about that $500 vacation pay that she felt she was owed. Thank God. Now we're going to get her that extra 100000 that she, she is owed.
0: Severance Pay Calculator. Love this. Well, yeah. So how do we,
1: how would she have known even before calling me, if she wanted to, how much severance she's owed, she could have always, always gone through the severance calculator, severancepaycalculator.com. And she would have inputted her age, her position and the type of job, sorry, uh, age position, and the length of her employment. And it would tell her exactly how many months pay she's owed. And she would have seen right there that she's owed right around 24 months pay. Anyone can do that. Completely free easy to use, anonymous, uh, and accurate, severancepaycalculator.com. It's a tool you have to have in your toolbox if you lo- lose your job but you're worried about losing your job. Maybe your your parent or, or neighbor or, your, or son and daughter mm-hmm. lost your job, severancepaycalculator.com. dot com inform yourself with that knowledge if then what you 've been offered does not accord with what the severance calculator says, you cannot accept that you have to give me a call so we can talk about how we improve and get you what you 're owed
0: we 'll remind you of that uh, tool a little later on in the show lots to get through we 'll get into how never to be fired for cause. These are points you want to take down and listen to for sure. First a quick break the number one eight five five Eight two one fifty nine hundred anytime and Leor at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM six forty and AM nine hundred CHML one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number Leor L I O R at employmenthour.com. Let's get into this: How never to be fired for cause. Uh, point number one: Be a smart negotiator when it comes to negotiating your job offer. Yeah, and and you know,
1: talk about nego- uh, negotiating and talk about termination for cause. First of all, listen. Uh, let's set the set uh, set the stage. Uh, termination for cause is difficult for an employer to do it's it's the capital punishment the ultimate punishment that an employer can impose on an employee and it's reserved for the worst offenders now it's not a good thing to be terminated for cause because number one you're not going to get severance right if you you're you did something so bad to warrant a termination for cause you're not going to get severance you're not going to get paid anything Beyond that, you may uh, not get EI because your record of employment is going to say terminated for cause. EI is not going to pay you. That may hurt you in the future when you look for another job. So being terminated for cause is an awful thing. So what I wanted to do in this next couple of segments is talk about how do we not be terminated for cause, how we reduce the likelihood significantly. And the first point, actually, as you've just said, John, is we have to be smart negotiators when it comes to negotiating that original job offer. Why? Well, the best time to deal with a termination for cause or any termination is at the beginning of the employment relationship because that's when we have the ability to make sure that there's no terms there that allow the employer to let us go in a cheap way by paying us very little. So if we make our termination uh, you know, very expensive, if it's going to be very expensive for the employer to terminate our employment, they're probably not going to mess with us. They're probably not going to try anything to terminate us for cause when there's no cause, they're going to mm-hmm. be very careful because if they're not careful, it's going to cost them a lot of money. So for example, John, if, I'm going to, if it would cost me $5,000 to terminate you as opposed to $50,000, I may be more blasé and, and, and not follow the rules as strictly because, ah, what's the worst that can happen? I'll pay you $5,000. On the other hand, is if I don't do this right, it's going to cost me $50,000. I'm going to be a lot more careful. So what does that all mean? Right. When you're negotiating a job offer letter, you want to see whether that document, that employment agreement, the job offer letter, whether it says anything about termination of employment, does it provide for what the employer is going to have to pay you if at some point down the road they let you go? Because if it does, that is bad news. That term is probably going to limit your future severance entitlements. So we want to be mindful of that and potentially negotiate that out of there. If you're not sure what the employment agreement says or if your employment agreement limits your entitlements, give me a call. It's going to take me 30 seconds, and I'll be able to tell you exactly what it does and what it does not do. And then we can talk about how we negotiate it. So let's be smart negotiators right at the beginning. Let's not make it easier for the employer in the future to let us go. That's going to increase the likelihood of us keeping our job and the employer abiding by the rules
0: how never to be fired for cause is what we're talking about for the next few minutes here by the way you want to get a hold of the or one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. this one i bet you hardly anybody does when it comes to anything to do with their employment and the way the work goes every day is document document document
1: yeah you need to document things that are happening in the workplace when, whenever you're getting a bad vibe the employer is not treating you properly they're building a case against you, you man i wish i had something uh, in writing to prove that well guess what you can document, you can create a record, have a log, have a diary uh, of what's happened. You know, I had a meeting with my boss on mm-hmm. this date where he told me as follows. Send an email back to your boss, for example, confirming the discussion that you had. Create a written record. So if you're in a situation where your employer now all of a sudden is not treating you the way it needs to, or maybe it's making allegations against you you don't agree with, or, or maybe uh, you learned something, you're afraid that something's going to be used against you, If you need to have, if you want to have a written record of it, it's very simple. Create a record. Document, document, document. If you're ever in a situation where your employer wants to let you go for cause, the fact that you've documented what actually happens is the best ammunition that you can have. Rather than get involved into an argument about he said, she said, what was said to you, what was not said to you, what didn't happen... Have a document. So you always, always want to have a record. It's okay to walk around or have a a little log or diary in your your drawer in your office where you log important events.
0: Save emails, yeah. Save emails, confirm
1: emails back to people if you have a discussion with them that you wanted to have in writing. And if you do that trust me, even if your employer tries to let you go for cause, you're going to be in a great position to eliminate that cause and make sure that they cannot do that. So I encourage everyone here to document, document, document.
0: Taking the Cole's notes down here of how never to be fired for cause. This one's a good one too. Don't just uh, accept unfair discipline.
1: Yeah, don't accept unfair discipline. So if your employer is going to give you a warning or a suspension or anything, uh, that's a, of a disciplinary nature, a nature because they say you've done something wrong. Well, if you don't agree with it, if you think it's unfair or wrong, don't accept it. And what I mean by that is not that if you're suspended, you're not going to show up. You, you, you're just going to show up for work anyway. But you have to put your position in writing. You have to make it clear why you don't agree that the discipline is fair, why you think that uh, the employer is not acted appropriately put your position in writing. In many cases, you may even be able to change the discipline if, by informing your employer of what actually happened. So the problem is if you're being disciplined, you've been provided with a warning and you don't want to yeah, you know, make the situation worse so you don't say anything about it, guess what? You're considered to have accepted it at that point and it's going to be very difficult to argue later on that that discipline was not justified. So if an employer is trying to build a case against you, to create a written record, uh, to to build up a case, you want to destroy that case. You want to outline why that case is improper, why you didn't do anything wrong. So never accept unfair discipline uh, just by saying nothing.
0: Always put your position in writing. Tell them why you disagree with it. You know, it's funny. I saw this just the other day. I guess it was, you know, as much as I hate to say a viral video, but there was a, a video of a uh, company in China, I believe it was a bank, and they had lined up a bunch of their employers had, who had done some wrong. I mean, they weren't you know, robbing the place blind, but they they weren't doing what they should have been done and they lined them up on a stage in a row of eight and the guy whacked them all in the butt. He was spanking them physically with a board, went back and forth and was giving them all wax in the ass. Can you believe wow. it? Imagine wow. Imagine that over here. Could you yeah, imagine trying No, I, I cannot.
1: That's, that's Outside of your law firm, of course, because that's <laughs> probably where he got Well, we idea, do that. Uh, we call those weekdays. But,
0: <laughs> that's right. Wow, that, that, that's yeah.
1: incredible. Yeah. Uh, Different yeah, laws
0: uh, over there, I would imagine. I'm going to go
1: check that out. <laughs> incredible.
0: We'll take a, a quick break. The number one 821 5900 And Leor at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. that's the number anytime, Leor L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We'll get to a couple of emails here in just a few minutes as you're sending them to us. First, so we're talking more about this uh, topic, how never to be fired for cause. Don't just accept performance improvement plans. Yeah, don't ever accept performance improvement plans that are not proper, that
1: are not justified. Now, what's a performance improvement plan for those that have not had the displeasure the, of having one? A uh, performance improvement plan, as the name suggests, is a situation or a program that an employer puts in place in order to improve performance that they consider to be inadequate. So it's a way to improve uh, inadequate or deficient performance. It could usually have some targets that the person has to meet by a certain time, and oftentimes comes with a warning that if you don't meet the criteria in the plan, there may be repercussions, right. maybe discipline, or maybe even a termination. Now, If you're not doing a good job and your employer puts you on a performance improvement plan, well, it is what it is. Do your best and hopefully you can improve. But if the performance plan is not justified, you have to say that it's not justified. Just like we talked before with discipline, you have to put your position on the record and in writing. When can it not be justified? Well, if you're uh, maybe faced with unfair or unreasonable milestones or deadlines or targets, say that. Say that those targets are not justified or they're, they're not appropriate. The reason why I didn't meet them is because we don't have the right infrastructure or because the people in accounting didn't get the, the documents to me on time. Outline the reason why you cannot meet those targets. Don't just accept the performance improvement plan because mm-hmm. if you do, you're going to make it much easier for your employer to say, ah, we put you on a plan, you didn't meet it, you acknowledge that it was appropriate, and now because you didn't meet it, maybe we can let you go for cause. So if you're on a performance improvement plan, it's okay to do your best and, and you know, you probably don't have a way to avoid being on one. Right but you can't be considered to have accepted that uh, content as if, it's, uh, if, as if it's the Bible. You have to outline exactly why you disagree with it. In you, writing. In writing, mm-hmm. always, always. It's fine to, to send a long letter, or an email to your employer saying, here's the things that I disagree with. Here's why I didn't meet the targets in the last quarter and put that position in writing. By doing that, it's going to be very difficult, if not impossible to let you go for uh, for cause because of performance reasons.
0: 1-855-821-5900 is Lior's number, talking about how never to be fired for cause. These are key points, folks. Keep listening more here. Don't freak out and take a sick leave. Yeah, and you know, what do I mean by that? Well, oftentimes
1: when people get the sense that they're going to be let go with or without cause, they, they, they freak out and they go on a sick leave. And they say, well, maybe if I'm on a sick leave... That's gonna help the situation, and and maybe then they can't be can't be let go, and I'll just stay on sick leave, and hopefully things calm down. That never works, John. It never ever works, and it makes situation uh, even worse. Why? Because your employer knows exactly what you're doing. Uh, they know that you're probably going on there to avoid being let go. So now they're gonna probably. Uh, not trust you as much. Now they're probably going to have it in for you. So what what are you going to do in that situation? If you end up going on a medical leave just to avoid being let go, is you're probably going to play in their hands and and, and make it so that they want to find a reason to let you go for cause. So don't do that. The better approach is if you think you're going to be terminated, uh, you have to face the music. Most cases, will be able to deal with the termination, make, right. sure, make sure you get your entitlements. So there's no way to avoid it. And by going on a sick leave, not only do you not avoid it, John, you probably make it worse. You make it easier
0: for the employer to let you go down the road. Bad idea. I never recommend that. The number is one and Lior at employmenthour.com. This, uh, this next one that you handed me is, is quite simply, don't be a douche. Don't be a you, DB. That's right. What would you <laughs> like to explain? <laughs> yeah, don't be a douche. <laughs> we, we, this is it
1: not self explanatory? Right. It's a legal need, term. We need to call uh, G- right. Greg Carrasco to explain <laughs> it. No, but, but, but here's, here's the thing, John. Uh, it, one of the ways not to be let go for cause is don't give your employer a reason to fire right. you for cause. Simple. It's as simple as that. Don't engage in the type of conduct in the workplace that's unacceptable. Okay don't don't harass people don't use profanity unless it's appropriate in the in, in the context uh you know don't make a, an a hole of yourself mm-hmm. you know be respectful of your boss be respectful of your colleagues engage in the in conduct that you want others to engage towards you so you know if you're not liked if you're in a situa- if you're behaving in a way that it's unprofessional Guess what? You're you're gonna be let go for cause in many cases. So don't be a douche. Be respectful. Treat your uh, employer and employees the way you want to be treated. I know it goes without saying, but oftentimes uh, these are things that an employee may have to learn the hard way. So yeah, that that's not a technical or legal term, uh, douche. But I think most of our <laughs> listeners hopefully understand what I mean. by And that. I mean, if if
0: you're if you're being that type of employee, that could bring about the last three points we've had, which is uh, you know accept performance improvements plans. You're gonna get unfair discipline. They're gonna start you know coming down on you for right. Yeah. So just
1: It and avoid it altogether. I mean, some uh, in many cases, most of the times when employers uh, terminate employees for cause, the employees may not have done anything wrong, but there are situations where the the, clearly the conduct of the employee was such that it just wasn't right, they were not behaving in a way that was appropriate or professional in the workplace. And if you do that, the employer is going to find ways to let you go for cause, they're going to dig deep. They're going to look for something to do you it. So, so, so don't make it easier for them. Behave in a way that's proper. you
0: would be a marked man or woman. Uh, we'll take a short break, one 821 5900 If you haven't checked out Severance Pay Calculator, have a look at it now while we go to break. And if you want to email, we'll uh, get to an email as soon as we come back. It is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML one 821 5900 is the number anytime and the email leor L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Chuck wrote in, says, I was let go from my job and was told that it was for financial reasons. The company just posted their fiscal, uh, fiscal results and they had an excellent year. Uh, what can I do? So, so clearly here, uh, Chuck's employer lied to him. So they said... Yeah,
1: well, well, we've got to let you go. Just We're not doing well. And sure enough, they post their, their end-of-the-year results, and they've done great. So clearly, there was another reason here. And, and Chuck, for obvious reasons, is going to feel slighted, is mm-hmm. going to feel uh, lied to, and, and be upset about it. And I, I would, too, and so would you, John. But. But. And here's, here's the, the, the real problem, is that ultimately, despite the dishonesty, the apparent dishonesty on the part of the employer... There's probably nothing you can do about it because the employer is allowed to let someone go without cause, i.e. with severance, Mm -hmm. for any reason. So whether or not they've done well or badly, or maybe there's no good reason, maybe they just decide that they don't like uh, the color of Chuck's hair, they can let him go as long as they pay him proper severance. Now, I don't know why employers just are not honest. Sometimes it's easier to say, listen, we just don't like you too much. It's Mm -hmm. easier to say, oh, it's financial reasons. But they don't actually have to say anything. So unfortunately, Chuck, there's nothing that can be done about the fact that the employer is dishonest. It's not right. I agree with you. I wouldn't behave that way towards my employees. That said, uh, as long as they pay you proper severance, they've done nothing wrong illegally. What I want to know, Chuck, and what I want you to contact me off air is I need you to to tell me how much severance they paid you. I want to find out the length of your employment, your age, your position, because what I'm sure, just because it's true for 90% of the cases, that they did not offer you proper severance. So that's what I can help you with to make sure you get what you're owed can't deal with the fact that they lied to you, but can get you the proper severance.
0: How never to be fired for cause. The last one, if you are fired for cause, well, it's not too late to undo it. It is not too late to undo it at all. And why do I say that? Most employers,
1: when they pull the trigger on a termination for cause, do it way before they should. They have not done their homework. They have not built up their case. The employee is not guilty of such significant misconduct. And remember, cause is an all or nothing proposition. Either you have cause 100%, or you don't have cause at all. There's no such thing as 99% cause. If it's 99, it's nothing. It's zero, which makes a determination without cause. In many cases, I cannot tell you how many because I can't count that high, um, I work with employees that were let go for cause, and we resolve the matter by not only getting them severance, getting them a new record of employment and a reference letter that confirmed that the employee, in fact, was let go without cause. So, it's as if the termination for cause never happened. So, we can still undo it. So, even if you were let go for cause, we can undo it and make it retroactively to be a termination without cause so that then you'd get severance, you'd get EI, you'd get a reference letter that helps you get a new job. So, the fact you were let go for cause is not the end of the analysis. In fact, in many cases, it's the beginning of the analysis. You have to give me a call at that point so we can undo what's been done and get you the compensation that you're
0: owed. one 821 5900 is the number. The email is leor at employmenthour.com. Andrea says, I was off work for eight months because of cancer treatment. And when I contract- uh, contacted my employer about coming back to work, I was told that the only job available is an entry level position with a 20% pay cut. What do I do? So, uh very, you know, a difficult situation, I'm sure, being off work for for cancer
1: and then having to come back to work only to find out that your your job is no longer available. So so let's uh, let, let me answer that question. First of all, if uh if your employer is now going to reduce your pay by 20%, that could easily and is a constructive dismissal, mm-hmm. which means You can treat that instead of accepting this pay reduction. You can uh, treat that as a termination and get your full severance. The fact that you've been off for the last eight months, Andrea, doesn't change the analysis. That uh, if you're losing twenty percent of your pay, that's a constructive dismissal. My advice would be not to accept this and and uh, get your severance and move on to a job where you're not taking a pay cut. Now, beyond that. If the reason they're putting you in a lower level position is because you, you is it's almost as a punishment for being off on a leave, that could become a human rights issue as right. well. So that's something I would like to discuss with Andrea. But ultimately, no, you don't have to accept that. Andrea, twenty uh, percent reduction is a huge, huge reduction. So we should talk about a constructive dismissal and and get you out of there with compensation. Is
0: there a threshold as far like two percent, five percent? Like where would the threshold be? Usually, or how much you want to tolerate, I guess. But. Yeah,
1: well, yeah. From a legal standpoint, usually Usually when it comes to 4 5%, uh, anything beyond that becomes a constructive dismissal. Right. You Up to 4 or 5%, depending on, on the situation, and if there's other changes that are implemented, may not be a constructive dismissal. But certainly, you know, if we're talking 10%, 15 20% as in Andrea's case, that's easily a constructive dismissal, which means she does not have to accept it. And and the problem is if she does accept it, then the employer arguably can do it again in the future. Right. And then would mean in the future she may also get less severance, all a bad idea. I'd rather her not accept it. Get her full severance right
0: now, full health. Uh, hopefully for you, Andrea, and it kind of brings about a point which we'll uh, we'll get into here in the last minute or two before we uh, get deeper into it after the break, and that is medical leaves and frustration of contact. So when can an employee uh, go on a medical leave?
1: Yeah, and I, I do want to talk about when you can go on medical leave and what's this? Uh, you know, when your employment can be terminated and what's this concept of uh, frustration of contract? So yeah, the, the the first basic thing that I need our listeners to know is that you're allowed to go on a medical leave of absence uh, irrespective of what the medical condition is as long as a doctor is saying that you can't work. If your doctor is saying you cannot work for medical reasons, doesn't matter if it's a physical, mental ailment, etc., if it's a, a a permanent situation or a temporary situation... You're allowed to be off work on a protected basis. And what I mean by protected is your job is still there for you. Your job is still protected. It's intact. You're not being terminated. So your employer doesn't get to make the call when you're allowed to go to work. You don't get to make the call when you're allowed to go yeah, off right. work. Your doctor makes that call. And all you have to do is provide your employer with that letter, note from a doctor that says, my patient so-and-so cannot work. That means the employer has to allow you off time, time off work. They may not like it. They may not be happy about it. I don't know why they wouldn't. You know, these things happen. But that's all you're required to do, and they
0: have to give you time off work. 1-855-821-5900. And Leor at employmenthour.com. We'll continue our discussion about medical leaves and short-term and long-term disability. You probably have a thousand questions. We'll probably get to a few of them after a short break. Right here, at the Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900 One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred 855 821 5900 and leor at employmenthour.com. When you have time, check out severancepaycalculator.com. Maybe you got a severance package of funny. Is it enough? Is it satisfactory? Nah, I'm betting 99% of the time it's not. So have a look at the calculator and uh, be shocked and be happy and then uh, call Leor if you need to. We're talking about uh, medical leaves and frustration of contract. Does it matter if the employer doesn't have a short-term or long-term disability plan? No, it doesn't uh, matter at all, John. An
1: employee can be off work for as long as needed, irrespective of whether or not the employer has a short-term or long-term disability, STD, LTD. Uh, An employer does not have to have a plan like that. Mm. Most employers do. But if an employer does not, that doesn't matter. Now, where it does matter is if you're uh, off work for medical reasons and there's no short-term or long-term disability plan, that may mean there's no insurance policy that will pay you while you're off. So it comes down to your finances. But it does not change the fact that even if there's no insurance plan in place, you're allowed to be off work, you're not losing your job, and your job still has to be there waiting for you when you're ready to come back to work. So no, you can be off work for a week, a month, a year, longer, if a doctor says so, irrespective of whether there's an insurance plan in the workplace.
0: And how long can the employee stay on a medical
1: leave? The employee can stay on a medical leave as long as the doctor says they cannot work doesn't matter if it's a day, a week, a month, a year, longer than a year. Uh, It's up to the doctor, the people, the doctor or doctors that are treating the employee to decide when the employee can come back to work. It's not up to the employer. It's not up to the insurance company. It's not up to the employee. It's up to the doctor. So don't assume that you're only allowed to be off work for a certain period of time. And beyond that, you've considered to have quit or, or resigned Not the case at all. If a doctor says you need to be off work, even if it's for an extended period of time, you still are an employee, you still have a right to your job, and your your focus should simply be on getting better. So uh, what can someone do if they're they're well they're denied payment by a
0: long-term disability insurer?
1: And, and that's a very common situation where oftentimes you're on a disability uh, or you apply for disability and you either get denied or you get approved but then you get cut off of disability payments and you know it's it's obviously frustrating you pay this money to be part of this insurance plan and just when you need it they either won't let you have it or, or they cut you off before right. they should. Well, you know in- insurance companies are a business and they're in they're in a business of making money that's like every other business, and they don't make money by paying out. They're making money by finding reasons why they don't pay out, why they shouldn't have to pay out. And in many, many cases, John, those decisions that they make are not justified. They go against what the doctor says. They cut people off before they should. So guess what? If that happens to you, we can deal with that. We can resolve the dispute with the insurance company uh, to make sure that you get reinstated on benefits or you get compensation. So if a doctor is telling you you cannot work, if your insurance company disagrees with that and putting pre- it puts pressure on you to go back to work, don't fight that alone. Give me a call. We have a whole team in my office uh, that deal with these insurance disputes, long-term disability disputes. Give me a call. Let us help you get this resolved. In many cases, John, it's very simple to get this resolved. Oftentimes, we can send a letter to the insurance company and they back off. So let us do that.
0: 1 821 5900 is that number. So, uh, what happens if an employee? Uh, well, let me ask you this. What if an employer uh, requires an employee to see not their own doctor, but one given to you by the employer? Yeah. Sounds hey. a little fishy, but I guess they can do it, right? Yeah. So, you know,
1: we want a, a second opinion, I right. may say, from another doctor. But well, the problem with that, it's not really an independent doctor because guess what? That doctor is going to get paid by the yeah. employer. So I'm sorry, that may, in fact, uh, uh, guide uh, you know what the doctor is going to have to say about you. So generally speaking, John, an employer does not have a right to require an employee on a leave of absence to see an independent doctor. The only time that you know it may become a uh, something to consider is if there 's conflicting medical information if there 's one doctor saying yes, another doctor saying no, the employer may say well you know let 's have a third doctor kind of be the the ultimate decision makers so you know we 're getting conflicting information, but the employer cannot simply decide well we don 't like what your doctor has to say, so we 're going to have another doctor that we pay for mm-hmm. tell us something else that doesn 't work that way you You are allowed to reject that. So if you're in a situation where your employer is putting pressure on you to see someone else, give me a call. I can usually get the employer to back off.
0: So what happens if an employee, uh, now they can return to work, but their doctor says, you know, you got to be on modified duties or modified hours? That's very common, especially with the longer absence. When an employee comes
1: back to work, they're on some sort of a modified basis. Uh, They need uh, modified duties, less hours, et cetera. Well, and the employer has a duty to accommodate. The employer has the, the obligation. It's a very strict obligation. It's one of the most fundamental obligations in employment law is to try to accommodate an employee's disabilities, medical restrictions. Yeah. That may mean finding another job, whether it's temporarily or, or, or permanently, uh, give, getting them help in the workplace, changing hours of work, changing work conditions to make it more accessible for those with disability, An employer has very strict obligations. And if an employer refuses to do that or doesn't go far enough in trying to accommodate the employee, that's a violation of the human rights code. That's illegal. And there's repercussions and recourse that an employee has. So you don't just have to go back to work if you're 100%. You're allowed, and in many cases, encouraged to go back to work, even if you need some accommodation, mm-hmm. and it's up to the employer to find a way to make that accommodation happen.
0: Take one more break here. get to another email, some more talking points about uh, medical leave, 1-855-821-5900, and leor at employmenthour.com. The Employment Hour continues. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and leor at employmenthour.com. Mention another email. Uh, Rick gets a call. Says, My employer offered me a promotion, which I rejected because it would be a lot more work with almost the same pay. I'm now concerned that they are going to let me go. Can they let me go because I refused a promotion?
1: Yeah, you know, interesting, interesting situation.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and I've, I've had a couple of calls like that in the
1: past. The short answer is yes, they can. What I mean by that, we go back to the basic rule, John, that the employer can let the employee go for any reason, usually, as mm-hmm. long as proper severance is paid. So the employer may be frustrated with Rick and think that, you know, Rick is not a team player for not accepting that new job and, and not taking on additional responsibilities. Yeah. So now the employer may have soured on Rick and said, we we don't see a future, so we're going to let you go. They can do that. It's unfair. You know, r- why should Rick accept a job that that uh, is not proper for him? Uh, but they can do that, but they have to pay him his full severance. So they cannot say, "Aha, you didn't accept it, so we have cause to let you go." Nonsense. Not even a uh, not even a chance of that happening. But they have to pay him his full severance. They can let him go for cause. So the reality is for uh, for Rick is that could your employer let you go? Yes. Can they? Can you be let go without severance? No. They would have to pay you your full entitlement.
0: We were talking about medical leaves and frustration of contract. Uh, what if an employee is let go while on a medical leave?
1: Yeah, if the employees let go on a medical leave, they're owed their full entitlements. The fact that they're not working at the time does not change the analysis. So an employee gets their full severance based on what their salary was when they went on leave uh, if they're let go. So remember that. It doesn't matter if you've been gone a week, a month, a year, two years, five years, you get your severance. Now, uh, where it gets even more interesting is why are you being let go? If you are being let go when you're on a medical leave because you're on a medical leave, right? that's a human rights issue. If the employer says, well, you know what, we, we, it's too hard for us to keep your job open so we're letting you go, that's illegal. That's a human rights violation. Uh, and, and irrespective of how much severance they want to pay you, it's still illegal which means there's legal recourse. On the other hand, if they have to let go of 50 people because they closed the department and you're one of the 50, then clearly they're not yeah. picking on you because of your medical leave. At that point, it just becomes a question of severance. But remember, a long absence does not mean you get less severance you still get your full severance.
0: There there has to be some sort of limit to how long an employee can be off work for medical reasons. There
1: is. And that's where the concept of frustration right. of contract yeah. John comes in. And that is once an employee is gone for a very long period of time, usually two years or more, uh, and there's really no prospect of them coming back to work. So you've been gone for two years. The doctors are telling us you may not come back to work at all. At that point, this idea of frustration of contract comes in. And that is simply the fact that, by virtue of you being gone for so long, this employment relationship on its own has died, has uh, disappeared. We we can't continue pretending there's an employment relationship when you're not going to ever come back to work. So the contract of employment, the employment uh, relationship has been frustrated, and, and the employer is not actually terminating. The employer simply says, contract has been frustrated, uh, you're no longer our employee. So what do you need for that? Lengthy absence, two years or more usually- okay and confirmation from a doctor, from the employee's doctor, that they're not likely to come back to work. If you've been gone for five years, but your doctor is still not saying that you're, you're not going to come back to work in the future, then it's not a frustration of contract. And if the employer wants to terminate you, that would be a very different situation. That would be a termination without cause.
0: So you, uh, there is a frustration of contract. Say that's the deal and they're going to let you go. How does that affect your severance? So if if it's legitimately a frustration of contract, lengthy absence,
1: and the doctor saying you can't come back to work, then at that point, you still get severance, but you only get your minimum Uh. severance. You're not going to get your full entitlements. At that point, uh, the severance calculator is not going to help you. You you get your minimum entitlements, which would be depending on uh, the size of the company, either a week's pay for every year, sometimes two weeks pay for every year, but instead of getting your full severance, you'll get your minimum uh, severance only. But again, that's only in a frustration of contract situation. So if you've lost your job and your employer is not paying you your full entitlements, and you're not sure, is this frustration or not? Did they pull the trigger too soon? Did they not? Give me a call. I'll be able to advise you and make sure that you get
0: exactly what you're owed, no less than that. So say we'll say it's three years you've been off, and so we get down to frustration of contract. Does that three years Is that also included in the length of severance and your seniority at that point?
1: A hundred percent it is, John. Any time that you spend on a medical leave of absence, doesn't matter if it's a month or five years, that time that you're on a medical leave of absence counts towards your seniority. Those are still considered years of employment. So when it comes down to, to calculating your severance, John, one of the factors, as you know, is the length of employment. It's probably the most important factor. And in and, and calculating the length of employment for severance purposes, we look at the time that you were off on a medical leave, even if it's been years. So if you work for three years and then you've been off for three years on a medical leave, now you're a six-year
0: employee and your severance is going to be based on six years, not on three years. Wrap this one up. Well, Dennis's email is quite lengthy. I'll just uh, narrow it down to this. He's uh, worked a lot of overtime, about 500 bucks a year thinks he's about to lose his job, does that get factored into his severance? Yeah.
1: And, and then when it comes to severance, we look at total compensation, total comp. So if you usually have a substantial overtime that you work, we're going to look at an average of what you make in a year and use that figure to calculate your severance. So it's not just your base salary. You also have to include your bonuses, your commissions that you're in, your uh, pension entitlements, your benefits, car allowance, includes everything. And in my experience, John, most employees, when they lose their job, their severance is calculated inappropriately because your employer is going to only, in many cases, only look at base salary, not other components. So for Dennis's case, yes, overtime does get included in severance.
0: Until next time, lots to chew through there. You need more information. Very simple to get. one 821 That'll put you in touch with Lior. His email is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And as I've mentioned several times throughout the show, and we'll touch on it again, severancepaycalculator.com. You want to know if your severance offer is correct been close, go use that app. It's easy. You can use it on iPhone, iPad, Android on your desktop, severancepaycalculator.com. This has been the Employment Hour right here, Talk Radio AM640 and AM900CHML.